Hey, what's up, all you stupid sons of bitches? Thanks for listening. I love you. You're listening to the Split Screen Gaming Podcast. My name is Chad Michael Ennis. I, I believe I've been told my name is Holden Pardo. And we talk about video games. That's the name of this podcast. We talk about video games podcast. We do it about once a week. <laughs> Happens on Sundays. It's going to change in the middle of September because I'm going to be gone for a weekend. But that's way in advance. Uh, Chad's very hyper today. I'm not hyper. Uh, I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew. I did not eat Mountain Dew. I don't I mean, eat Mountain Dew. I think it's because Have you ever game- had a Mountain Dew popsicle? It's not good. I haven't heard that before. You've got to make it yourself. You don't- oh, okay. Holden, you stupid fuck. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome. we got a show for you today. It's going to be glorious. We have a we show. Gotta- it's not going to be good. We just mm. have a show for you. We have a show. That show is I Love Lucy. <laughs> Lucille Ball. Well, Chad's excited for Game of Thrones right now, so he's very. I am excited. Hyper it's Sunday. Pumped. Zontag. Game of Thrones. If you're listening to this tomorrow, I'm going to give you all the spoilers right now. <laughs> you're just talking so fast. Oh, it's hysterical. Uh, Chad's, Chad's always a very hyper person, and I think he's being very hyper right now. Hey. Oh, in a good in a good way. I love you, man. I love you. Don't you say that. You're right. Don't you put I hate that voodoo on me, Ricky Bobby. So that's my second Talladega Nights reference in. 51 seconds. What was um, the first one? I didn't miss it. I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, hey, guys. Hi. How do we start this show? I'll give you guys three seconds to answer. One. You're right, Dane. It's what have we been playing? How, what have we been playing? Hold on. Tell me what you've been playing. Well, this week. I, I made was, a list of myself. I was going to play so I'm going to tell you the list dawn. in a second after you're done talking. I, but I have to wait for you to finish talking. I had so Friday you go ahead and Saturday and start. off of work. Okay, now you can start. Okay, I had Friday and Saturday off of work. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Chad, you're so hyper. So, I was going to play Horizon Zero Dawn this week. Yeah, you were. Time on Friday and Saturday, and my PS4 will not turn on. Oh, sounds like you have a PS Super shit. bummed. I was going to play Until Dawn, because that's now available on PS Plus, and I had time to play it. I was going to play it, so I couldn't play it. I was can very you say upset. that again? I was going to play Until Dawn. Okay. What do you think I said? Well, you said Until Dawn. Oh, as if I was, like, talking about Horizon Zero Dawn still? No, you just said it weird. <laughs> no. Okay. It's a Until Dawn. <laughs> I'm a Dainty Geisha. That's the Breath of the Wild sound, right? No, that's... So I ended up playing some ARMS. I played some more ARMS because the update for that came out. And it is... A, a pretty sizable update. There's a whole new character in there to play as. And there's a new mode. And the new mode is really fun. There's this character called Headlock. Oh, man! I've heard about him two times on this thing. He has, like, the metal head, and he has six arms coming out of his head. So he's yep. really powerful. And the, the, the match is basically... Or the, the weird thing that happens in this, this mode is... There's a Headlock mask in the middle of the arena, and three people are fighting against each other, and only one person can wear the head the headlock mask at a time, so they're way more powerful. Oh. But if you punch someone hard enough, I guess, the mask will fall off, and then someone else can get it. So it's kind of this, like, battle of, like, beating each other up and getting that mask as soon as possible. Did you ever watch really that Netflix fun. show, Hemlock Grove? Don't answer that. Keep going. No, that's all. That's all there is to it. That's all I've really been playing. That's all you played? Yeah. And threes, because I always play threes. Oh, that's right. You always play threes. I tried to find a good mobile puzzle game to play. Hey, did it, did it stop... Going through your headphones, too? No, I've been able to hear it. You can still hear it? I can still hear it. I don't know what's wrong with you, but I'm oh. good. Oh. I found out what's wrong with me. Hey, do you, you plug it back in? Back? Just plug, you just plugged it back in? No, I just twisted it. Oh, okay. So you had to plug twist, it back twist, in. Twist, twist, wrap it around. Those are the three steps to make rope. Well, that's what I played was twist, twist, wrap it around. That's what you used to make rope. What did you play, Chad? Hey, everybody. Guess what I played this week? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you three seconds to guess. <laughs> One, two. That's right, Josh. I played Dexed. <laughs> what's that i had 
$70 in PSN credit from all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go in my like wish list and just buy a bunch of shit. So Dext is a PlayStation VR game mm-hmm. uh, made by Ninja Theory. Um, and it you control fire and ice. And each one of them is a different move controller. Mm-hmm. And it's on rails and you're kind of going through these environments and they're like fireballs. And there are ice balls shooting like on the screen. And you have to hit the ice balls with the fire wand and the fireballs with the ice wand. Mm-hmm. So it's all about just like coordination between your two hands. And then they shoot things at you and you can shield with a button. Or if you hit the wrong Calm one. Calm down, wait a second. This is a video game about hand-eye coordination. All right, keep going. Yep. And it's in VR. Uh, the whole thing is like 30 minutes long. But it was a, a super cool experience. Uh, really fun to play in VR. It was like nine bucks at the time or something like that. Nine dollars. So, yeah, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. Next, I played Static, which I actually think is a VR game you would fucking love because it's a puzzle game. Okay, I like puzzle games. It's a puzzle game, uh, but the thing is, you play it with a Dual Shock. Mm-hmm. Um, this puzzle is a thing that your arms are inside of. It's like your arms are inside of a oh, little box. I think I've heard of this. That sounds... That's, all right, keep going. This already sounds awesome. Keep going. Yeah, it's like a thing the size of a shoebox, and your, your arms are inside of it. So that really works well, because you're holding a dual shock, so your arms are already in that position in real life. But every button on your controller controls a different mechanism on this box. Mm-hmm. And then you have to use the, the box in conjunction with like things in the room mm-hmm. to figure out what you have to do in order to control the box to make this final product to get out of that room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was super cool. I loved how, like, you really had to pay attention to what was in the room to, to figure it out, like, little very subtle things. But it was really cool. I enjoyed it. I played the little demo of it. I'll probably end up getting the real thing. I'd but, play that. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Well, you can only play one level, and I already know how to beat that level. So Okay. Because it's a demo. It's like there's multiple ways of doing it. There's there explicitly no, it, it's one explicitly way. one way. But they also don't tell you anything. Like you just wake up and you're in the I room. I like that. And you're like, all right, I'm gonna push every button, figure out what that button does, and figure out why the fuck I push those buttons. Mm-hmm. Like I would push a button or like push up or down on the D-pad, and these screws would start turning, but they didn't do anything. I was like, all right, I gotta push all the rest of these buttons to figure out what happens to change that so that these screws turning actually actually ends up doing something. I said actually twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I think I'll probably buy that game and uh, play it some more. I also bought Final Fantasy XII, The oh. Zodiac Age. How, I've actually heard it's a very good remaster. I never played the original because, as we all know, I did not have a PlayStation 2. That's yes. okay. I didn't either. Um, but I've put probably about an hour and a half into this one so far. And it's... Uh, I'm liking it a lot. There, I mean, there are some telltale signs that, yes, this is a PS2 game. I wish Final Fantasy was also better about lip-syncing for the American audiences, but... They are a Japanese company, after all. You're a Japanese company. I'm a human being. That's not an insult, Holden. Don't take that as an insult, you racist. I'm taking that as an insult. That's because you're a racist. Because you don't There's appreciate me bad as about being Japanese, human. okay? You see me as a collection of humans who can do amazing things together, and I don't appreciate that. I do see you as a collection of humans that can do amazing things together. Oh, thanks, Dad. You racist. Uh, yeah, Final Fantasy XII. I mean, obviously, an hour and a half of a Final Fantasy game is not enough to make any kind of judgment call on it so far, but I'm enjoying it. 
I've uh, it's, right like, it's an hour and a half out of like three hundred hours. You're gonna put into that game, like, like hundred hours, but no, 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 no. I only put like sixty hours into Final Fantasy 15, and I platinumed it. So I think Final Fantasy 15, 12 though, is considered a very long Final Fantasy game. Well, good. <clears throat> um, I like the return of the um, and by return, I mean I guess this one did it first. The bounty system where you like can find a monster, and then you go find someone who wants that monster killed. And then they give you a bounty for going out and killing a special monster. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the very first training part of the game is they introduce you to that system. Uh, the the license system is kind of their idea of the job system uh, from previous Final Fantasies. And I'm a little bit confused on it so far. But I only, of course, have only leveled up one license okay. for my main character. Uh, and I only have a party of one so far. So I'm sure it'll make more sense very soon. But so far, I'm digging it. The cutscenes look really cool. Plays really well. Is that a full sixty or is it fifty? It is fifty dollars. Okay. I thought so. Yep. I like that. I don't think remasters should cost. Yep. Sixty bucks. I think it's ridiculous. I also pre-ordered Super Hot VR, so I'm excited to see to play that later this month. Oh yeah, next week. Is it next week? Yes, yeah, next week. So like two days from now. Yeah, very much. Nice. Super I'm very hot. excited for that. Oh, That's and I have super Tuesday fun. off work. Oh, I'm gonna play that whole fucking thing. Is that when the PlayStation Store updates? Yeah. What? Hey, just so our audience doesn't know, I'm letting them what? know. No, you you didn't know that? I knew that. You need to get off of Nintendo's dick. I'm Like I said, our audience might not have known that, so I'm doing it for them. Holden. They're very special people. Holden it in with Holden Depardo. It's a great show. You should watch um, it. Yeah, that's, I think that's all I played this week. Those things. Excuse Had me. Had a good old time. Uh, that's what we played. What comes next? I'll give you guys three seconds to guess. News! One. Oh, it wasn't three seconds yet. Two. Three. Great, great job, Andre. Yes, it is. Andre the got news. the answer for me because I said it out loud. Andre Drainator Bailey. I hope you still listen to this. We wrote you a song that one time. Do you remember that? I don't remember how it went, but you're welcome. Well, we have a gigantic news story this week. I think. What? Gigantic. What? Kingdom Hearts Three actually was given a release date. Whoa! And release a lot window. Of off. Release window. Yeah. Uh, 2018. So it's next year. Yeah. Definitely. Wait, last wait, 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 wait. Half of 2018. Context. Where did this happen? Oh, this happened during D23, which is like Disney's big conference. Yep. They talk about all things Disney. There's actually a lot of things that were talked about there. But Kingdom Hearts 3 is a big one coming out next year, allegedly. I think <laughs> we heard... finally have a date, a due date for our baby that's been trapped in our womb. <laughs> and there's also a Toy Story World, which is I know. super cool for this game that has been. It's 2005 is when Kingdom Hearts 2 was released. Mm-hmm. That is 12 years ago. For a game that, admittedly, I've only played about 10 minutes of, Final, of Kingdom Hearts 1 mm-hmm. and none of the other ones. But I'm going to say this, and it's going to be wrong, and I'm basing it on an opinion that doesn't have any ground to it. The game is not good. <laughs> wow. For a game that's you not even that good. That. You have to build on that. You have to build on that. We just lost fun. all of our audience members. It's not fun. It's not boring. And it looks like a kid baby game. I'm going to get the PlayStation 4 version once I get my PlayStation 4. Have you played any of it? I played the PSP versions, and I liked them a lot. Okay, so guilty until until proven innocent. We're just going to go ahead and say, until Holden plays a PS4 version, the official stance of Split Between Gaming Podcast is that they suck. I don't agree to that. But for a game, Holden doesn't know how judge works. I'm a judge, and I say that's true. (laughs) <laughs> that's right you for a are... game that has been 12 years in the making i'm sure it has been made for 12 years because they had stupid like 350 100 out of two and dream yeah, 358 times two dream dream drop distance and birth by sleep an ios game unchained um unchained melody oh, memories, unchained memories. 
have. And there's one more. Anyway, for a game that has been... I swear to God, I'm going to finish oh, this and, sentence uh, this Oh, in Kingdom time. Hearts, uh, A Thief's End. I'm going to finish my sentence this Mm-mm. time, I promise you. Mm-mm. For a game that has been so long coming that we finally have a release date. I don't even remember where I was going with that. But we have a release date for it. Release window. <laughs> it's the first of, I'm sure, several delays. But at least they're committing, they're trying to commit to a year. So we know, like they said earlier this year, it's going to be at least, or sometime in the next three years. So, all y'all can finally get that end of the game. But yeah, Toy Story. Man, I love me some Toy Story. Fucking mm-hmm. love Toy Story. So if anything's going to get me to play this game, which it won't, but Toy Story, man. Buzz well, Lightyear. there's apparently going to be a Star Wars world. There's rumored to be a Marvel world. Are those rumors? Or does apparently mean reportedly? Um, Star Wars is reportedly. Marvel is rumored. Okay. But I think it's a pretty decent rumor, considering Disney owns Marvel. Yeah. And next year's a big year for Marvel, so they're going to coincide them. Also, just big in general to have Marvel in there. I don't see why they wouldn't. It's apparently supposed to be the last one anyway, so they they won't be able to do it again. Okay. That's a lie, though. They'll do another one. You know they will. And it'll be after we're all dead. Yep. They release it to nobody. So that that was big news. Yeah. Do you have anything else from D23, Chad? Uh, I don't think I per- I specifically have anything from D23. I have a few stories from D23, actually. Why don't you just wrap us up with D23? Um, two things that were announced. Um, one is that there's going to be a Marvel VR game, which will be interesting. Oh, yeah. There's like an Avengers Oculus game. Yep. Why does Oculus exist? I just want everything to come to my PlayStation VR. Capitalism and competition. That's why. Just saying. No, it's Facebook. That's why. Correct. Okay. The other th- piece of news, and I think this is cool, there's going to be a Star Wars augmented reality game. Yeah. That's hollow chess. With the chess oh. they're playing in... Well, that just got Hope. a lot less exciting. I think that's cool. I want to play that. That sounds like fun. I mean, yeah, but then why the fuck do they need to put Star Wars name on it? Because they want it to sell, and it's going to be a piece of trash anyway? Maybe. If you're going to make know. something Star Wars, make it cool. Like, give me... A fucking lightsaber game in VR. That's all I want from it's my It's an AR life. game. I know you said AR, but I said if you're going to make something Star Wars, make a VR lightsaber game. Nope. Yep. Not going to do that. So there's that. That's what happened at D23 that is video game related. That's my favorite like line from from Breaking Bad that recurs. That's my favorite thing from no. Breaking Bad is the D23. That's no. all that happened like, video game related. I remember when Jesse Pinkman said that to Heisenberg. It was crazy. So there's that. They say that a lot. Like he says it to Jesse oh, Pinkman. After Jesse yeah. Pinkman, he's like, why would I need a plastic tub when I got a perfectly good bathtub upstairs? Well, there's well, that. Well, one is because the acid eats through the bathtub and the ceramic and bone, but it won't eat through plastic. So there's that. Skyler says it to Brian Cranston's character. They, they do, yeah. I didn't realize that until he just said yeah. that, but yeah. I like that. Uh, Give me a story, Chad. Is that all your D23 shit? That's all my D23 shit. Hey, this is something I'm pissed off about. I want a white Don't console. Don't be mad, be glad. I want a white console. When I bought my PS4... Yep, and the Destiny one's coming out Yep, now? I bought my PS4, and like three months later, they're like, Hey, Destiny's coming out, and here's a white PS4. And I was like, God damn it. And Matt Lusk bought his. He's like, oh, I don't know if I really want the white. And I tried to trade him my PS4. And then he decided his. he wanted to keep it. And then he decided I don't remember, but I want a white PS4. So then I'm like, cool. I'm gonna get a white. I'm gonna get a PS4 Pro. It only comes in one color. I just fucking bought this thing. And they say, hey, Destiny 2 is coming out in September with a white fucking PS4 Pro. It costs more though, doesn't it? 
No, well, it has the Destiny bundle then? Well, it has the Destiny bundle then. So You're going to get that anyway, though. I mean, yeah, I think I'm pretty much going to get that anyway. So that's coming out, you guys. Destiny 2 release date September 9th, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes, it's a white one. Comes with a white controller and Destiny 2 for four forty nine. So a slight discount. Whoa. $10 off. Um, kind of sticking with hardware. We talked about Nintendo's voice chat service briefly last week. Is there news around this? Um, well, this is something I didn't consider. Okay. When you have your chat audio going through your phone. Yeah. And you have your game audio coming through the Switch. Yeah. You can't listen to both at the same time. If you have, especially since Switch does not have any kind of Bluetooth connectivity, you can't do wireless. You have to have this janky-ass connector. So the official licensed one for Splatoon is coming out, and it's a squid-shaped... Yeah, this gaming headset. We talked about this a few months ago, I think. But look at this. You you have to have this oh, yeah, squid-shaped thing, and it has a, a plug-in for your phone, and then a plug-in for the thing, so you can hear both your like headphones. That's a fucking mess and a half. What I was going to do is have a pair of headphones plugged into my iPhone, and then just take one of them out so I can hear my iPhone and the game. That's trash, though. What happens if you want to play it on a plane and you want to hear both? Well, you can't do voice chat on a plane anyway, really. Hold on, I didn't think about my question before I posed it. <laughs> and that's my fault, right? Yeah, what if you're in the break room at work and you don't want people to be hearing your shit, but you still want to be on voice chat and playing the game? You could put a pair of headphones into your Switch and have one of those go into one ear and then a pair of headphones go into your iPhone and to another ear. You're right. They've thought this out. I agree, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. It doesn't bother me because it's probably just going to aid not do voice chat in general. But also... I mean, you're right. I don't do voice chat with anyone unless I'm, like, playing a game with them. <laughs> that was the, the dumbest thing you could say. I don't do voice chat with playing games unless I'm playing games with someone. No, I, what I meant was I don't play multiplayer games unless yeah. it's, like, specifically with a friend and we're, like, doing Dark Souls or something yeah. like that. Like we did. We played Dark like Souls. Like we did, yeah. We and Tim. Wait, you were cheating on me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it was good. He was much better at Dark Souls than you oh. were. <laughs> uh, hey, I decided I want to keep talking, so I'm going to do another one. <laughs> speaking of hardware, speaking of Italy, hey, do you want a new Nintendo 3DS regular size? Well, you're fucking out of luck. Discontinued. We discontinued. Yep. So all that remains now, uh, so it originally was in Japan this week, and then they said, oh, wait, no, it's worldwide. It's great because it's it's the 3DS XL compared to what? Yeah. Extra large. Well, what's the regular large? No, that's nope. the regular. Yep, doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's like these are Magnum condoms. They're, we don't have anything else. <laughs> They're just Magnums. Yeah. So uh, want you to feel good about. There's yourself. the new 3DS XL. There's a new 3DS LL if you're in Japan. The new 2DS XL. And then I guess there's a 2DS. the new 2DS. No, that's just a regular They're 2DS. Just 2DS. Yeah, but they no still new. sell that. That's still in production, right? Yep. But they don't sell new 3DS regular size. I think it's because the price point was about the same as a new 2DS XL. It didn't make sense to kind of have that. There. Or they're just giving up on 3DS one bit at a time. Yeah, they keep saying, oh, we're going to stick around 2D, uh, 3DS, and there's a future for handhelds. I'm like, they're saying that because it's making money right now, and they don't want to make people feel like they shouldn't have their 3DS. Yep. 3DS is going to be gone by 2019, yep. at, the, at the latest. Yep, 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 yep. Maybe seven years out, because it came out in 2012. It's already been out five years Oh, now. the 3DS. Thing. 3DS, yes. The new 3DS, however. Well, the... the uh, DSi was only out for a few years before the 3DS came out. You know what was cool about the three, the new 
3DS, though, that never came to the XL. It's a swappable <laughs> faceplate. Yeah, I think that that wasn't as big as they hoped it was. And it's they should fucking come to America. They needed to bring... Apparently, yes, apparently, I think it was IGN was talking about that in the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast. They said that all the really cool faceplates would come to Japan, but you'd have to like import them from Japan to get them into America. Mm-hmm. They should just release them on the XL as well. And Plus, I would, you know, in America, I would love that. I don't know if they ever eventually did, but in America, they didn't even sell the regular new 3DS. It was only the XL. Uh, really? Yeah. And why does this discontinuing story matter? Uh, I don't know if it eventually came to the U.S., but I know I think at it launch. Yeah, I know at launch it was just, it was just, the, it was just the XL, yeah. Which most people probably buy an XL. Because what? It's like 40, 50 bucks? Yeah, bigger screen, shittier resolution. Well, same resolution, shittier DPI. But honestly, you don't really notice it on that kind of on that, mean, those kind of games. They all look like garbage anyway. Yeah. It's not a great screen. Uh, hey, tell me a story from you, because I'm, I'm done talking right now. Spider-Man's PS4 world is said to be several times larger than Sunset Overdrive. Mm. And, uh, and there was a, a Twitter conversation between Insomniac and some and some of their fans. And their fans basically asked, how big is this game compared to The Witcher? And they're like, well, it's not really comparable because it's a very different game. But Sunset Overdrive, compared to that, it's several times. In quotes, several times larger. And I believe Sunset Overdrive didn't have like a super massive open world on the scale of like Horizon or Breath of the Wild, but for no, a city and traversal, super massive did until dawn. I didn't. I meant super massive. I was making a joke. Oh, okay. Oh, I got really confused going. for a second. And um, then uh, which we'll call it. I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, but Sunset Overdrive was a pretty big world already, so this is supposed to be massive, and I think it's because they don't want you. To like be swinging for like a minute, they'd be like, "Oh, I'm at the end of the world already." Yeah. So they want it to feel very big and sprawling, which I think is kind of cool. I think it's going to be fun just to explore and just swing around that world. I like swinging. I, I like, like swingers. And then I have uh, two more stories because one I actually realized I already mentioned in my what I've been playing. Okay, tell me. Arm- Arms is a new update. I already talked about that. And then WWE 2K18, which is my favorite sport is wwe a big wwe fan this is the world we channel right women's entertainment is exactly what it is that's the o channel wait (laughs) no i'm actually not a big wrestling fan but i think this is notable because it's coming to the switch which they haven't had a game on the switch or in the on a nintendo system in a long time oh yeah i heard a kind of funny games daily about this Mm -hmm. that like they're talking like nearly all of the features are going to come to the switch version it's Mm going to be a watered down shitty port just like the whole Yep. Wii and PSP version was. Evolved. But still, All there the is a major sport game coming here to support it because there's a market there, and it's exciting. And then this is the first portable one in six years, I think. Yeah. So it's notable. It's notable. It is notable. And then um, I have one more story. I'll go ahead and share it because you were eating chips right now. And You said we weren't even going to acknowledge that we were eating we on are, the podcast. I, I asked and you never responded. Holden, now they know we're eating. <laughs> now, <laughs> if they didn't know before, <laughs> they certainly know that we're eating now. Well, yeah, I had a burrito. We went to Chipotle. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. Chipotle sponsors this podcast. They do. They do. I think our first episode, we talked about playing Switch in there. We did. Yeah, we did. Actually, it's funny. All right, la- um, Hitman's last elusive target ends its first season. I don't know what so, that means. So elusive target is. I think this is a really cool concept. You know what Hitman is? Oh yeah, you could kill Gary Busey. <laughs> Actually, that is one of the elusive targets. I yeah. know. So, elusive target is you have one chance. There is no replay of it. You only get to play it one time, 
and you just have to kind of scout the level, find out how you're going to kill this guy, and you kill this guy. Oh, you only get to play it one time? Only one time, yeah. So this target is only available for a set amount of time. And you have to give one chance to go at it. If you lose, you lost. You don't get to go back again. Mm. It's very fun. It's do very, you get very something cool. cool. Like, do you get a special trophy or like in game? It's, it's like there's a leaderboard of like who did it the best, the shortest amount oh. of time. With okay, it's also just it's just playing the game. Like you want to play more of the game. It's just a new. Yeah, but hold on. I want something that tells me like I killed Harry, Gary Busey. Like I want his head on a stick. Oh, you a get that shipped to you. You get Gary Beast's head shipped to you on a stick. Do you just have to, like, share down. it around the world with everyone who killed him, like the Stanley Cup? No, you actually... they It's like it's not a real one. It's like the it's like the uh, George Bush heads they had in Game of Thrones. It's just like a little, like, fake head. But they give it to you still. Just saying. I'm just, just eating chips. Just saying. That's all the news I got. Do you have any other news? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Go for um, it, Chad. Here we go. If you ever wanted to get into VR, now's a good time to do it if you have a PC. Because um, Facebook oh, yeah. cut the price. It is now, temporarily, you can get the Oculus Rift, the touch controllers, and an Xbox One controller for three ninety nine, which is the same price as just the Sony headset. Yeah. Which does not include the camera and the move controllers. So... It is very good time to be a VR gamer on PC. Or if you're looking at getting an iMac Pro in the in the future. Or an external GPU. And then get it then there's also a permanent price cut too. There is. After this sale, it will be permanently cut to four ninety nine, which is a hundred bucks off what it used to be. That's pretty titties. Is it because sales are down or because they've gotten better manufacturing and want to offer better value? I have no idea. It's gotta be sales are down, because if sales were up even if they did figure out how to manufacture more efficiently, they would just pocket that, that extra money because it's selling so well. Well, whatever it is, I'm glad it's happening because yeah. I want I want VR to be as accessible as possible. Yeah, yeah. They also announced that coming next year they're going to have a $200 VR headset. Yeah, and it I does saw not that. rely on a smartphone. Does not rely on a camera tracking system or a PC. It is just the headset itself. So it's kind of going to be how functionality -wise. powerful is that going to be though? Well, functionality wise, it's going to be very similar to. The VR that you get with your smartphone. Smartphone. It's okay. going to be just basically sitting down. Yeah, you're sitting down. Uh, you're going to be able to look around in every direction, but you're not necessarily going to move or control anything in it. Mm -hmm. But I think that's cool that there's a lot of video content in VR right now, even though all of it kind of looks like trash because the resolution stretched over that entire globe is awful. Actually, it's, I, it was funny. I was watching an interview with um, Neil Blomkamp. Neil Blomkamp. Blomkamp, and. He was talking about VR and movies, and he's like, yeah, it's really cool, but you you have to have, like, 8K in each eye for it to really be a good movie experience. Yeah. So he was actually pretty... He wasn't against it. He's like, it's there. It's going to happen. It's just not... Animation is pretty cool. Like, I did a short experience at a VR expo with a Marvel Avengers thing or with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So that kind of stuff, when it's, like, 3D animation, is pretty cool. But, yeah, like, legit videotaped content. Videotaped. Look at that archaic word. I don't think anything looks very sharp in VR. I haven't used your PS4 Pro for VR yet, still. That's also the only VR you've done, right? You haven't done a Vive or a, or a Rift? Yeah, I haven't done a Vibe or a Rift. Things are a little but bit sharper on there. But the screen door effect is still there. Yes. Because it's still a lower-resolution screen. Well, still a, a high-resolution screen, but right in front of your eyeballs. 
That's what I mean, lower resolution, because it's not high enough resolution. No, it's a high resolution screen, but it's not lower DPI. No. I, no, no, I, I totally get what you're saying. Right, sorry, it's the same DPI. I, I mean, like, lower resolution than it needs to be, is what I'm saying. Holden. It's still a high def display in there, I know that. Holden. Chad. That's not, that's not the type of podcast we are. We don't fight on here, okay? <laughs> we, we do something. We're better though. than that. No, you're wrong. Uh, so, yeah, that's cool you. stuff. Cool stuff. Uh, I'm trying to read this from afar. I'm not wearing my contacts, but I'm also wiping my hands off. And this says, what remains of Edith Finch coming to Xbox One? Y'all, jump on this shit. It was a great, great game. I heard it sucked. You don't know that. Um, no, it was great. It is by Annapurna, published by Annapurna Games, uh, Giant Sparrow Games, made it. Uh, this is one of their several games. If you ever had the, ex- the opportunity to play on PlayStation 3 or Vita or PS4, the game Unfinished Swan. This has a really, really awesome, huge Easter egg in this game from Unfinished Swan. Uh, so I definitely recommend doing that first, or if you have the opportunity, go back and play that on one of those systems before you play this. I have always wanted to play Unfinished Swan. It's great. It's great, and it's available on all those systems, and if you own it on one, you own it on all of them. Uh, cool. Definitely jump on that, y'all. Xbox owners, do it. Hey, 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 hey. Nino Cooney 2. Wait, wait, clarify. Clarify for me. Yeah. If I have it on Xbox, I also have it on PlayStation, based on what you're saying? It's not out on Xbox yet, so my sentence is still legit. Okay. We don't fight on this podcast. Just, just okay? Okay? Chad's eyes are very wide. I'm scared. <laughs> Nino Kuni 2 is delayed, and man, is it for the best. It was originally releasing in November. Yep. Right after Mario and Assassin's Creed and Wolfenstein and Call of Duty and right before something else really big. And here's a JRPG that no one in America really knows about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's been delayed two months until January. I loved the little video that the, that the director of the game posted along with it. Did you watch that? I don't have time to watch video content. <laughs> he said... Uh, I read headlines, that's all. He also... He's, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but he said, I also wanted to clarify, because I guess there was misunderstandings from E3. People were getting excited about multiplayer. I didn't oh, know what they yeah. were talking about, and there is no multiplayer in this I, game. I didn't understand the question. Yeah, I didn't understand the question. Uh, there is no multiplayer in this game. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Just like globalization and how... Also, am I making this up? Did they say Nino Kuni 1 is getting a PS4 remaster? Oh, I didn't catch that. I'm excited about that because I haven't played Nino Kuni before. I've, I thought I I've heard really that months to. ago. And I was really excited because that's one of the things that, like I still have my PS3 hooked up. Let me consult the internet. Going, yeah, you consult the internet while I talk. Yeah. Because I was really excited. I'm like, I'm going to hook that thing back up and I'm going to play that Nino Kun Kun. Because um, I'm, like, I'm kind of bummed because... I was looking forward to playing that game, but it's kind of hard to get bummed about a game being delayed because it basically means that what you're excited about would have been shit if it was released. Yeah, when it comes out. So, yeah, I'm excited. Also, I'm not too bummed for January 2018, which I'm sure we're just gonna see more and more shit coming out in the winter now. Um, and then my last news story actually feeds into our topic for the day, so I want to save that until the end of the topic. Yeah, don't talk about the topic, Chad. I'm not going to talk about it yet. I said I'm don't talk about for it. You to Google. Um, I see nothing about it. Nothing about it. Okay. Well, then I might plug in my PS3 again, or maybe I will PlayStation now it. Just kidding. <laughs> um. Hey, while Holden is still just looking at his Google screen, um, you guys coming up in the next like. I don't know, a couple of months, we're looking at doing a rebrand, and we want your opinion. Um, would you like more or different types of segments? Do you want us to do video content? Do you want us to do, 
where we play games on the show, do you want us to do, what kind of stuff would you like to see from us? What works well? What doesn't work well? Uh, comment on the Facebook group. Send us an email. Send me a snail mail picture of your neck. I'm really into necks uh, and clavicles. So, yeah, there's a little input there. Yeah. Just be aware in the upcoming future. There's going to be a little rebrand. We're going to change the name and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it's going to be fun. It's going to be super fun. It's going to be fun, but we want your input. Yes. Name to be revealed. And all Are that. you done with the Google machine? I'm done with the Google machine. There's nothing about Nino Kuni on there. Nothing about Nino Kuni. I mean, Nino Kuni, but all saying, yeah, Nino Kuni 2 is coming Nino out Nino Nune. Send the nudes. All right. Okay. So our topic this, this featured week. topic of the week chat. Yeah, I did some research. Research. That's research. Ooh, research. Uh, did some research. Chad's smart. He did based research. On, do you have a napkin? There's guacamole on the table. And uh, no, you had all the napkins because you only gave me one. You're an asshole. We don't fight on this podcast. Uh, I fight you on this podcast. I wanted to talk about game streaming services. And kind of wrapped up in that is also... like Cloud gaming streams... Blah, blah, words. Cloud gaming streaming services as well as subscription gaming services. Mm-hmm. And the two are kind of intertwined a little bit. Uh, and I wanted to start... The conversation, I'm going to go through the history of that as a service, what's kind of been out there, how it's developed, where we're at now, yeah, and then lead up to an article for a new service that was just announced last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in the, the modern cloud gaming subscription service that uh, we're used to, aside from like the Legend of Zelda one that was like you got it through your cable and you plugged it up and whatever you did mm-hmm. mattered. And, um Really, the first one that made a difference was on live. Do you remember on live? Yes, I do remember on live. I actually used on live. You did. I did. Yeah. So on live was developed in uh, 2010. Sorry, I lied. Founded in 2003, it really made its big start in the, as a service. 2010. In 2010. I'm just kidding. It was seven years ago. Uh, yeah, very different date. <laughs> seven years um, before that. So on live launched its service in March of 2010. Uh, and it began as basically a place where you could have it's a micro console and you could play uh, all these like PC games and you could stream them. Yeah. Uh, they of course had PC support as well. There was an Android app. There was an iPad app for OnLive, I think. They they kept teasing it, but it never yeah. actually came out. There no, it existed, but it didn't do anything. Oh yeah, the OnLive app itself. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. actually access the games, or it wasn't yeah. a client itself, but you could download the OnLive app and like mm-hmm. look. This is what the service does. I remember it had this really cool interface where it was like a bunch of like rectangles in a grid, and each rectangle was a different game, and you can kind of just move through like yep. this grid. It was pretty cool looking. So the idea was that you could play a lot of these big title games. They had like Batman Arkham City. They had Dead Space 2, Mass Effect 2, The Sims. And you could take all of these and play them through online's web service. Mm-hmm. And you basically stream the game to your Android tablet or to your PC. Yeah. All of the save data management was done by OnLive on their servers. So you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about that. You just pick it up on wherever you are, log in, and you're playing. Um, and in 2010, the internet infrastructure wasn't really there. No, um, I remember it not working very well. Yeah, the, a lot of the critique was the latency in it. it was mm-hmm. Not quite. For some games, it worked really well. For some games, it was awful. Uh, they tweaked their subscription service a little bit, like how much you had to pay per month and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't always a, and we'll kind of see this as a trend going forward, it wasn't always a selection of the biggest hit games at the time. 
It was always kind of like a, you know, the Netflix type model where yeah. you're not going to get movies that are big blockbusters right now, well, but you'll get them a year. It'd later. be like Assassin's, Th- you know, Creed three just came out. Here's Assassin's Creed two. Right. So, on live, uh, actually in 2013, I believe, uh, it actually closed its doors, laid off everybody, mm-hmm. started a new company, also called On Live. <laughs> Uh, then in 2015 was all of its <laughs> I think companies just not rebranded. I know, right? Like that. it's, they it's close the doors and then revive themselves <laughs> as the same company. In 2015, they end their life by selling most of their patents and things like that to Sony. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that? Used. I did not know that. Yeah, I actually learned that today. Uh, and that I know that be, Sony bought Gaikai. They did, yeah. Interesting. So that's on Live's kind of service. They started in 2010. They had great partnerships. Didn't really work too well. Mm-hmm. When does Gaikai come into play? So next up is Gaikai. Yeah. So Gaikai, actually around the same time, uh, they were founded in 2008. Um, and they had a couple of different things going. They not only had a streaming service very similar to OnLive, where you could get games and stream them through their service, but they also had a service uh, partnering with lots of publishers, where you would go to a game publisher's website, mm-hmm. and on their site using Flash or JavaScript, you would play their game powered by Baikai. Gaikai. And you'd play a demo. Baipai. Baipai. Buy my pie. Buy Gaikai. <laughs> uh, you would play a demo of their game, like maybe the first hour or mm-hmm. like a level. And then that was all powered by Gaikai using their streaming platform. And then it would give you a link, say, hey, go buy this game at a physical retailer or a link to where you could download it through Steam or something like that. Yeah. So they had a lot of partnerships with film studios for experiences based on their movies or with mm-hmm. big game studios for demos and things like that through their website as well. Um, so that was an interesting kind of thing where everything's hosted on the website. That reminds me because when they announced the PS4, one thing that never happened was, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's like, no, it was PS Plus. When they noticed PS Plus, they said you could download a game to play any game in the store for an hour. Do you remember oh, that? There... There were a lot of games on PS3. I don't know if it was every game, but there was a shit ton of games on PlayStation 3 that, yeah, you do have hour-long demos of them okay. if you wanted to play the first hour of the game. It sounds like Gaikai would have fit in perfectly in the PS4 with that. Yeah. It's interesting they didn't do that. Uh, there's a lot of ways that Gaikai is integrated into the PS4 that you might not think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were acquired in 2013... No, sorry, 2012. July of 2012 mm-hmm. by Sony. Uh, and Sony actually... They, they started out as saying, hey, we have partnerships with Sony. You're now going to be able to stream God of War 3 and things like that. Uh, and then they kind of slowly went to creating PlayStation Now and uh, Remote Play. Remote Play for between PlayStation 4 and PlayStation oh, so that that's all was Gaikai? built on Gaikai technology. That, that makes sense. That makes a lot of um, sense. Also, something else that I've used a couple of times. I don't know if you've ever used it. Uh, have you ever used the share play feature on PlayStation 4? I actually haven't, but I like the idea of the feature a lot. Yeah, that is also powered by Gaikai, and that's the feature where, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, if I have a multiplayer game and Holden doesn't, and he's at his apartment and I'm in my apartment, I can hit the share play button, and we can play the same game from our own separate couches as if we were co-op couch gaming. Interesting. Would that work like Dark Souls? Uh, it would not, since you technically can't play two-player on the same TV in Dark Souls. Oh, I see. But okay. if we had like, oh, so um, if, if it was like a like, like Rocket League, yeah, if it was Rocket League, yeah. we could play two player Rocket League for up to an hour. 
Mm-hmm. So you have an hour, and then after that hour, you can then restart the session and play another hour together. I wonder why there's an hour. That's weird. Uh, I guess it's something to do with licensing. Like, you want to have this game, so here's a little experience, and then buy the game yourself. But you can just keep re-upping that one hour. Hmm. But that's a cool experience that you can play remotely with someone across the world with a game they don't own, but you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's also the feature where... Uh, I guess this is still technically under share play where if we're playing a game or if I'm playing a game, you could watch me play the game yeah. and then you can even take control of the game. I could the, the broadcasting. give you controller. Oh, the broadcasting feature? Uh, not broadcasting, but uh, if you're at your apartment, you could choose to watch my stream and then if I'm like, man, I really can't get past this boss, I can hand over the controller to you virtually That's and you, so play cool. through, you can play the boss. I don't do that stuff on my PS4 ever. I did that with Tim in Bloodborne. How well does that work, though? I mean, it, it's it's surprisingly, like, no lag. Really? I don't know how they do it, but, yeah, it's surprisingly huh. really, really smooth. That's also built on the technology from Gaikai. I guess I never thought about gaming streaming services fitting in those niches before. Yeah. I always thought about it in terms of, like, an OnLive or how PlayStation Now works where you were literally just streaming the game. Right. Down. I never thought about those applications for it. That's great. Yeah. That's very cool. So Gaikai technology went into a lot of things with the PlayStation 4. Remote play, mm-hmm. share play. And then in 2013, they launched PlayStation Now, which is the cloud streaming service where you pay actually all sorts of different payment methods. They started with you could pay pay per hour, you could pay per day, you could pay for three days, you could pay for a week, you could pay for a month. And each of those for every game was a different price point, so it was confusing as fuck. So if you wanted to play Final Fantasy XIII 2, Lightning Mm -hmm. fucking gets a job. (laughs) Uh, you could pay... That's like, the Persona version of Final <laughs> yeah. Fantasy. You could pay $2 for an hour or $4 for a day. I guess Persona is the Persona version three of Final days. Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, or now they have a subscription model. So you could pay 20 bucks a month and you just stream all of that stuff. And it includes a lot of... Now it's definitely a lot of PlayStation 3 games, some PS2 classics. And now, of course, we just talked about last week they introduced yep. 10 But there's still games. you still don't get access to everything. Right. There, it's like Netflix. Like, there are some games you can kind of... Actually, what I want to say it's more like... Like, um, if you look at, like, Apple Music and how Apple Music is some of the songs in iTunes, not quite all of them, but you can still buy the songs from iTunes if you want to. Right. It's very similar to that model. Yep. So that is PlayStation Now, which mm-hmm. is ongoing right now. And it's kind of a, a version of subscription services that we have. I guess, would you count... Because I don't know what you're going, where you're going with this, but would you? I guess the next thing would be Game Pass from Xbox. Is that we've count? got one more before we get there? Okay, um, I'll shut up then. I'll stop talking. Yeah, I don't, I don't know shit, Chad. You've reminded me this many times, but I'm acknowledging it now. So we've got, I don't know shit. <laughs> you don't know shit. I don't know shit. Go uh, ahead. So we have OnLive, Gaikai, Gaikai mm-hmm. evolved into PlayStation Now and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, there's also GeForce Now. GeForce, GeForce Now. Is the NVIDIA Shield tablets. Oh, right, yes. Uh, and it's kind of very similar in that same respect where they actually have two, two versions of GeForce Now. One is you stream a selection of games for a price per month, similar to OnLive. And it's Excuse kind of like a backlog of older games, like mm-hmm. nothing really big in Blockbuster now. Then they have another f- feature where you are renting a PC on their server to install all of your games from other services and then stream those from wherever you like. Oh, so you can like buy a game on Steam and yes. then submit it? That's and instead of taking up cool. space on your computer, installing that game and running it locally, you are installing it on their PC, and, on their and server that you're one renting. One thing I do know about this now that I think about it is that they actually have things 
built into their GPUs that help with this, right? Uh, this this part can be used from any computer. Oh, I know, but I'm pretty sure they like if you're using an NVIDIA GPU or something like that. I yeah. think it's designed to run better. I don't know about it's, that. It's tailored. I'm pretty sure, certain. Cool. Because I know that the um, the NVIDIA Shield TV has something like that built yeah. into it. Yeah. Now the the GeForce Now, where you're just the typical subscription per month that you're mm-hmm. renting some games, that is only accessible through their NVIDIA GeForce Shield tablets. Yeah, or shield like the controller with the screen on it, or the the television thing. Like you can't get that on a regular PC or Android. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to note. But that's a cool like, I never thought of renting a virtual PC to install my yeah, shit on. Yeah, that's a weird concept, but that's a really good idea. Yeah, and then that you just stream well. that from wherever yeah. you are. Hmm. So that came out, GeForce Now. And now, now the game next pass. one is not quite Game Pass. Oh, you said one more, Chad. You lied. Well, this we don't, kinda, we don't this lie in this podcast. Into it. <laughs> we don't fight. We don't lie either. Lying so is next fighting. Up, Microsoft's power of the cloud. Now this is not traditionally. But they didn't even do anything with it. It's, right. <laughs> this is not traditionally cloud streaming or like a subscription service, but it is like cloud companion. It is cloud computing. Yeah. It is, and this is what they announced with the announcement of the Xbox One that really nothing is taken advantage of, but well, Crackdown Three, Crackdown Three, you will, yeah. uh, where. You have a version of the game that runs locally, and then if you're connected and you're using the power of Microsoft servers, mm-hmm. they can do a lot of extra computing to make your game As run better. As they say, and the better. power of the cloud. The power of the cloud. That's a great. So that's worth mentioning before term. we get to Xbox game. Oh, sorry. EA Access. EA oh, Access. I forgot about EA Access. Yeah. Is available There's on PC. There's a lot more of these than I, than I thought there I know, be. right? When I started looking into it, I was like, okay, yeah, we've got like On Live and PlayStation Now and then Xbox Game Pass. I was like, oh shit, no, that's, that's right. There's a lot more. Yeah. EA Access is something you can access on a PC or an Xbox. And it gets you unlimited playtime of mm-hmm. any of their like 45 plus games. And again, it is older EA games. It's not going to be the brand new ones right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're older games, unlimited access for like five bucks a month. That's pretty good. Yeah, you also automatically EA get, has a lot of games. They do. It's like most of games come from EA and Activision and Ubisoft. Yeah, and specifically on their website, they say forty-five plus games. Um, you also get ten percent off on all digital EA purchases that you make, whether that's mm-hmm. DLC or the game itself. And then you also get early access to games, so you get a week extra early access to. Like when Mass Effect Andromeda came out, you could play mm-hmm. it first on Xbox before you could play it on PS4. I think certain betas, like for Battlefront 2, you only got with EA Access, yep. I believe. So that one is five bucks a month, and you kind of pay for streaming EA specifically games to your Xbox. That's the lowest price one by a lot. Yeah. By well, a lot. Xbox is ten bucks. It's half the price. Yeah. I and mean, then PlayStation is double the price of Xbox. Right. For a slightly different service. Yes. So then we come to yes, your Xbox Game Pass. My my Xbox your Game Xbox Pass. Game Pass. What's it's unique mine. about this one? So this one, all the ones we talked about so far are like Netflix. You're streaming it down as you're playing it. Whereas Xbox, you have a selection like you have a Netflix, but you're actually downloading it and then playing it. Right. Which it's about hundred games right now. But yeah, I think I would prefer that model. Well, we'll get into yeah. to what's the future and why in a second. Mm-hmm. I just want to give everyone a little history lesson. Sorry. This is getting real deep and technical, y'all. Thanks it for is. sticking with us. They've already left. Yeah. <laughs> They're gone. Actually, um, how would we even know? <laughs> we wouldn't. Science. We wouldn't. So um, if you guys leave, don't worry. It won't hurt our feelings, but we'd appreciate it. <laughs> so yeah, Xbox Game Pass, you can download things. It's about 100 games. It includes new Xbox games as well, 
well new as far as like they work on xbox one like the halo collection and things like that um and then as you mentioned you download them and save them but it's still a subscription model you pay 10 bucks a month for access to you stop paying you lose access to the stuff that's on your hard drive right so this is not necessarily a streaming service but it is a subscription service yeah uh so that's how that one differs and then we get to what was announced this week Yes. And this is a service called Jump. I saw the headline. Because I'm an American, I didn't read the article. So you'll have to fill in on what happened. So Jump is introducing themselves as a Netflix for indie games. Of course, right now it's only on PC. Mm -hmm. But they want to have a platform where you can stream a whole bunch of indie games through their internet browser. All of the work's done on their end. You don't have to worry about a whole lot of input lag because nothing's actually being processed on your end. It's all done on the server. Um, but it is... It's 10 bucks a month. It's only indie games. And what they are saying is that they want people to come to their platform late on purpose. And I find that unique because they say that most games, after they are released... They'll have a sale, and usually their first sale, like on Steam or something like that, is when they sell most of their units. Yeah. And then after that, there's a significant drop-off. Nobody buys them again. They want this to be a discoverability tool. Like, right. I, oh, like, cool, I didn't know that this game even existed. I'm going to try playing it right now because I can. It's not going to cost me anything. I'm just playing for access. Right. So this is not necessarily Rocket League comes out, and they yeah. want it to be right off the bat on Jump. Mm-hmm. They want you to say, hey, get as much money as you can from this game before you come to us. Go and have your your release. Go and have your Steam sale. And then when you're seeing significant drop-off and you're not getting much revenue from it anymore, come to Jump. And then when people play this as part of their subscription, you know, there's not really a big financial commitment to a game that they heard kind of good things, but they're kind of unsure about whether they want to spend the well, money to. Well, it's a great market because it, I think the toughest thing for indie developers is I'm on a store that has really high-caliber games, and I I see this game might look interesting, but might look interesting doesn't work the same way for a game as it does for a movie. Right. I'm not going to pay, you know, 20, 15 bucks to get something that might be good. I, I want to know it's good before I put money down on it. That's just how gamers are. Right. And there are a couple of yeah. interesting things that they had said. One is that uh, they don't offer, I mean, obviously Steam, you have up to two hours to play your game. And if you decide you want a refund, then yeah, they take your money mm-hmm. back from the developer yeah this one they pay out 70 percent of the revenue mm-hmm. and they spread that proportionally based on all the games and how much time they were played so if your game okay. was played a lot more than every other game then you get a lot more of that 70 percent chunk yeah um so it's kind of like a second life for your game helps with discoverability mm-hmm. yeah rather after your first sale you get buried and no one ever looks at your game again whereas Which here, I'm sure suddenly it's the, trend. it's the new thing on jump and like mm-hmm. oh cool yeah i remember this came out a year or two ago and yeah. people had some good things to say about it i'm gonna pick it back up and, mm-hmm. and play it hey, this isn't for your gone homes right. and things like that those games will continue to do well this is for games we have not heard of right so it's kind of hard to say it's for this game because if we're saying this indie game yeah. We already know of it. And you know what else is really cool about this is that it also involves it's a uh, Windows, Mac, Linux, HTC Vive, and Oculus Rift. Oh, interesting. And I think that's what's really cool is that there's so much cool stuff happening in the VR space mm-hmm. and all of it is so experimental and all of it is so very different. But because the install base is so small, 
the prices on those games are higher so that these developers can actually make their money back, which yeah. means it's a lot more of a commitment to buy a 30-minute, hour-long experience that may be really cool in VR, but you're like, dang it, I don't know if I want to drop that much money for something that Absolutely. experimental and new. I'd be wary to do a VR experience through the internet, though, just because lag is such an important thing to get rid of in VR, sure. more so than any other game gaming style. That's I'm sure tough. they wouldn't release a product that that would not function well like that. I'm sure if they're going to uh, have VR content on there, they're going to test it and make sure that it works well. Well enough. Yeah. Well definitely. enough. It will not be as smooth as... You don't know that. You haven't tried it. I'm, ass- I'm just assuming. So I guess my question yeah, for this is... Assuming. Indie game is a very open range of games. It's a wide right. variety. I think, technically speaking, you could consider... No, Metro wouldn't be considered an indie game because it's a small team, but it's not like... There's still a big publisher behind it, right? Right. Remember. Yeah, it is. Okay, it's Deep Silver. So, there's like, there's like a big game that's coming out or something like that. That's, that's big, but it's indie. I'm trying to think what it is. I mean, it's, they're not necessarily saying you have to be an indie game to be featured on this. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. But like, I guess like my, my, my question is, are we going to see like big AAA style games on this if they're made by an indie developer or is this really going to be more of like uh, side scrolling like Limbo or Inside kind of style games well it doesn't necessarily have to be side scrolling but yeah they are going to be my point is like 2D developer. like not as graphically intensive they could be yeah, yeah. depending on the independent mm-hmm. developer and what yeah. they're doing especially I mean if you're doing a, a VR game because like I think that would solve one of the big problems if it's a not I don't mean this in a bad way but a lower production value game because it doesn't means it doesn't have to stream as much information for it to work yeah so it could work a lot better as a result so here's why we talked about all of that. Yeah. Is a subscription model and or cloud streaming the future of video games? It's a tough question to answer because ultimately this is in the hands of major corporations who are going to be like, yeah, <laughs> right. this is more profitable for us. So we're just going to go ahead and do this and people will jump on the train if we really want to. Right. But I was trying to talk to you about this, this earlier and that I see this the same way I look at wireless headphones, which is wireless headphones is obviously the future because wireless is just kind of where things are going i mean you have wireless printers you have wi-fi networks you know like it's just everything is becoming wireless headphones will meet meet that but wired headphones will always sound better they just will because a direct line connection means you can transfer more data at a much more uh in a much more controllable way. Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, there's interference, other things are issues. So you don't have like that same audio experience. We're at a point now where it's the difference is negligible. It doesn't mean as much. But there are people who always say, okay, wired is always the way to go. I will always use wired headphones, even though they might not be able to forever. And I think it's the same kind of thing. Yes, you can have these gaming experiences that work over you know, a streaming just fine. But you think about technological progress... PS4 games are just now starting to come onto PS Now because it wasn't technically feasible. Are we going to hold back so that we can start streaming everything only? And I don't think so. I think it'll always be a complement to whatever major box that you have. Because like that major box will play games at a much higher fidelity. And I, I guess I bring that headphone comparison in because I'd say... Another reason wireless headphones will win is because more people don't care, whereas in gaming, sure. people really care. I mean, the response to the Switch is that thing has shitty graphics in a lot of ways. 
And, like, to some people, that doesn't matter. But to some, like, oh, I want to buy the PS4 version of that game that's also on Switch because I want the better graphics. I want it to look better. I mean, you're talking about when Xbox One and PS4 came out, the 720p versus 1080p, which really doesn't matter. But it did for so many people. Sure. So I, I, I think that it'll always be – it'll be there. It'll be a compliment to, but it'll never be a – PlayStation's releasing just a streaming box and it does nothing else. I don't ever foresee that happening as like their main like PlayStation 5 is going to be a streaming only console. I just don't see it. So I have a couple of thoughts based on what you just said. One is I think there will always be a version of a direct connection that is better than a wireless connection. However, they're very soon and for a lot of products there are already wireless versions that work well enough to replace kind of the bare bones wired. For instance, AirPlay versus a three and a half millimeter jack. Yeah. That AirPlay has the Wi-Fi, so robust enough sound that you yep. can't tell the difference versus a connection like a lightning connector for your headphones. Yeah. You can get so much more range out of it, and there's a lot more sound. Mm-hmm. I'm not an audiophile by any means, but there's a, a much richer audio scape that you can get sure. through a lightning connector than yeah. you can through a three and a half millimeter. Mm-hmm. However... 99% of the world doesn't give a fuck about anything other than a 3.5 millimeter, and we already have a wireless version that can accomplish what the 3.5 does. Yeah. So I think that, yes, lightning connector or the quarter-inch audio cable or, like, the It'll XLR connection. Like, there is always going to be a version of a wired connection that is going to be better than anything wireless. Yeah. But there will be a wireless version that is well enough mm-hmm. for everyone else to yeah. use. Um, and I think that comes with... Uh, with streaming as well. Mm-hmm. Like right now, internet is all over the place. Some, like even if you live in parts of rural America, you don't have, you're still running on DSL. So sorry. Uh, there I'm are so people out sorry. there that still pay for dial-up. Oh. Um, but. Hell is I don't on think, earth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think right now we are going to be in a place where subscription, especially streaming games, is going to be prevalent. But I think like it's still going to be a niche years. thing for now. But I mean, honestly, five to ten years if you're looking at the speeds of 5G internet, which some telephone companies are rolling out by the end of next year, it eclipses what most people get for Wi-Fi in the Oh, it does. Now. Like 4G, already L, 4G LTE. Yeah, 4G right LTE. Now, depending on you know how many people are around you and like yeah, it just traffic and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, 4G was already getting close. Like theoretically, you can get gigabit gigabit internet speeds from 5G. That's insane. which is coming out in the next year or two. Yeah, uh, and so when that happens. I honestly think, this is kind of a little off topic, but I honestly think 5G will just replace Wi-Fi. Yeah. And you'll no, no, you'll no longer need Wi-Fi in your home because there's literally internet everywhere. Mm-hmm. And once that becomes widespread enough, everything is working fast enough. You don't have to worry about, do I have the infrastructure to get the cable yeah. there to power your modem, to get you to your internet? Everyone's just going to have 5G internet, and it's mm-hmm. going to be all over the air. And oh. when that happens, and when that's commonplace, that's fast enough. Yeah. For cloud streaming for video games. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when we'll start to see a shift in this industry. Now, that's like five years till it gets fast enough, a couple more years for engineering and hardware. There's and an adoption like that. as well. An yeah. adoption, yeah. yeah. I honestly think that's when we'll get to a point when streaming becomes more prevalent for video games. Mm-hmm. So, thinking about what you said, I think we're on the same page in terms of that. It will never be the only way. Absolutely. That you can that you can play. Which I'm I would prefer that even though if there were streaming options and it was good enough, 
I can see myself just doing it that way because I'm not like I like really good graphics, but if I can stream it just as easily as I can play it and it plays just as well, I can see myself going for the streaming option. Yeah, I just that, that just kind of sounds like it fit in my niche pretty well. But I think it's also kind of like console versus PC. Like you're playing the same Witcher experience, but like the PC gamer would be like, yeah, but I can see like the rays of sunlight coming through the trees, and the console <laughs> person's like, what the fuck ever, man. Like I don't care. <laughs> I think it's kind of like that. Like yeah. normal people. Average players. I mean, kind of like the discussion that we had about Tomb Raider when I was like, "Yeah, but if you play it in the 4K super oh, yeah. sampling, you can look in the trees and you don't see as many jaggies." And then you're like, "I don't give a fuck. I would play it on the high frame rate." Yeah. So what? Yep. Yeah, because I want to play high frame rate because that's just how I am. Yep. So like, if there were things like it's only 30 frames per second on streaming and it's 60 frames per second when you're hardwired in or something like that, yeah. like these are the kinds of things that will keep that hardwired connection around. There'll always be market for it, but that also might make your console or that, that like high end PC kind of comparison a lot more expensive to sure. buy into. So that could be actually they have to do a lot more processing now on their end. Exactly. So it's it's interesting to kind of see where it's going to go. But I think that undeniably streaming is going to take over. Yeah. It just makes sense because I mean hard drives can only hold so much information. These games are going to start getting insanely massive as like like 4k assets and things like that and i mean when you're talking 15 years down the line you're talking about like 8k games and stuff like that yeah. at that point which is i can't even fathom it's gonna be so exciting when that kind of stuff happens i mean 8k tvs are already like in experimental phases and there are yeah like all cinema cameras record in 8k yeah so that stuff's happening but gaming's gonna take for a while i think for that yeah. to get to 8k I mean, who knows though with processing power and how it increases but yeah i think we're in agreement on how that will play out but I know, like, do you think that PlayStation would kind of be like, you know, hardware connection is is PC. They seem to have that market. We want to touch the average consumer, and they want a streaming market. So does that, do you think we could see then, like, PlayStation 8 being... I, th- I think we could. I mean, honestly, if you look at all the other mediums, like, uh, like for music. Yeah. From CDs to suddenly buying your tracks one at a time well, to you, streaming the entire library. Well, even within the industry we're talking about, I mean... 10 years ago to say that I'm downloading I guess 10 years ago you were downloading your games to your system was that how was uh, no you you, in, you could install them to the PS3 yeah okay when did the PlayStation store like when you buy games oh, and like yeah I mean I guess 10 years ago is like the launch around launch of PlayStation yeah. 3 and they were that's back when they had like PlayStation minis but there, it was almost nothing yeah. it was day and date yeah but you could get like smaller downloadable titles and that's when mm-hmm. like Indie games used to be just called yeah. downloadable games. And now, and they used to have, I well, game of the year, downloadable game, but now every game is downloadable. And now, like, to me, it's crazy. I think this is hilarious. Uh, going back to Kingdom Hearts for a second, Kingdom Hearts Stream Drop Distance, right? It's a 3DS game. I can't find that game in the 3DS store. It's not in the 3DS store to download and buy. Yeah. That's crazy to me because it's just, that's the norm. I can't think of a single PlayStation game. I'm not going to call out Xbox because I don't have an Xbox to know, but I'm sure it's the same thing as PlayStation. I can't think of a single PlayStation game that I can't also download. Right. Can you think of one? Uh, I can think of a PlayStation 3 game. Okay. I can think of maybe two. No, they did eventually make Metal Gear Solid 4 available for streaming, but it took years. To download. streaming, to download. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy 13. Really? You can buy digitally 13 2. And 13 Lightning Returns, but you cannot buy digitally 13. Interesting. Which is weird because I have both 13.2 and 13 Lightning Returns, but I don't have 13. So I'm like, oh, yeah, one day it'll be available and I want to play all three. And these were on sale at the time, but now I just have all these fucking expansions to it. And I don't have the original game and I'm never going to plug in my PS3 anyway. That's hysterical. 
Yeah, I guess PlayStation Four though. I can't think of they're all. Oh there. yeah, PlayStation Four. Everything's day and date. Everything's digital. day and date. Yeah. So I guess you're right. Like there'd have to be like a day and date digital download, physical release, and streaming. Yep. So here's the second part of that question. Yeah. Does subscription take over as the main form of gaming? We've seen it happen with music. We've seen it now happen with I think with movies. Music. I I think though with movies is a little bit further behind music, but everything me- seems to be going in that direction. See, all right, music is is I think the the king of streaming at this point. Where you have all sure. these services that do very well. Gestating. It's all yeah, longest gestating for sure. But at the same time, like this may just be me. I'm actually curious what you have to say about this. But I use streaming services for discovering music. Yeah. And then if I really like that artist, I will buy their stuff still. Because I want to like support them or like, um, I mean, in my case, I do mix occasionally, and I can't do that from streaming services. I right. have to own the music, so there's still like a reason for me to own that. But movies is different. Like it might that movie might not be on that service next month right so and that's the same kind of thing with xbox game pass right now like they're gonna cycle in and out games exactly so like it's a good discoverability tool but it wouldn't be like a here's my permanent library of netflix movies it doesn't work that way unless it is owned by netflix right. so i think like yeah there'll be subscription services for sure and like sony will have all their first party games in there xbox will have all their first party games in there if nintendo's around they'll have all their first party games in there as well because they'll probably get a streaming if they you know 10 years after everyone else but they'll they'll get there but then you'll have i think it's where the indie experiences are depending on how like big they are like smaller indies will all be on these streaming services just like you can get some like garbage movie that no one's ever heard of on netflix yeah but just to play it or watch it because you're like fuck it why not it's those ea activision ubisoft i think it's those big companies that's what is going to determine that i think do you think that we're on the way to that because if, if you saw like streaming services spotify had a very limited library it's, it's and it's a, growing and growing. I, I would compare I would compare video games more to movies than I would to music. Well, I think movies. But uh, if if you look at like the still Netflix buy movies. model, yeah, yeah, they do buy movies, but mm-hmm. it's becoming harder and harder now to find physical versions of things, um, or companies I, just aren't making them. But if you look at like Netflix, it used to be just the streaming was garbage versions of, of movies. Yeah, and now they have Disney and Marvel and. A few months after a movie comes out, release on DVD. Actually, like Moana's already on Netflix, and that just came out on DVD like three months ago. So you have these big players that are finally jumping in on this streaming wagon. All right, but, but I think it's just a few years behind. Music. I, I want to know though, because a lot of that stuff's still pretty new. And I know we're not a movie podcast, but I think it still matters here. But like a lot of that stuff is is very new, and. Disney could be like after another year or so be like, what we're losing sales on selling Moana and now we we could have made a lot more money on this, so we're gonna stop doing that. Well that, due that's, to contracts, and, I think they're locked in for quite a few years. But Well that's what I'm saying though, but after yeah. those few years they could say, Yeah, no, we're done. We're not we don't wanna do this anymore. We lost a lot of money. That's why that's why I was kinda of pointing out that like Sony and Microsoft absolutely will put their stuff on the streaming service because they want to sell their games and highlight their services. Right. But Ubisoft, Activision, EA, those companies, Bethesda, those companies don't have that same thing. Like EA might have their own streaming service, so they'll make sure their stuff is there. Sure. So I guess I just this can't be right now. I guess the, the shittiest thing would be: Are you subscribed to Bethesda? Are you subscribed to PlayStation? Are you subscribed to EA? Like, yep. ha- I think that would suck. Music has. 
kind of worked everything out. Yeah. It used to be, oh, you can only get this artist on this Music platform, has this got artist nailed, on this one. Yeah. And then it's it's now starting to be, yeah, you'll have a week of exclusivity on Tidal or a week of exclusivity on Apple Music, but then everything gets it. Yeah. Uh, with television, we're actually in this same transition mm-hmm. where right now they're all fucking going crazy. They're like, oh my God, no one's buying cable anymore, but we don't want to be in a cheap streaming service. So you can get just HBO for 15 bucks or just Showtime for eight bucks or just CBS for $4.99 a month or just AMC for $4.99 a month. So you can fragment yourself across all these different subscriptions to watch yeah. shit that you want to watch. And I think that's where, like in your scenario there, and I think where we kind of are starting to get into with gaming, you have EA access, you have uh, PlayStation Now, you have xbox game pass like yeah they're starting to go in that direction i think once one company figures it out whether it's movies television or games mm-hmm. it'll just click for all the rest of them and they'll finally make legislation that makes all of that available and yeah. and legal and there's actually ruling on how this stuff can work mm-hmm. and i think once one company or one medium figures it out yeah it's all going to click for the rest and streaming is going to become the norm for everything now there will always be as you mentioned there will always be a way to buy and own well, it's digital, so technically you're only licensing it until you die. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll always be a way to buy and own individual tracks or individual games or individual things. Something just hit me, and this actually kind of freaks me out a little bit. Not like legitimately scares me. Like I'll sleep well at night. <laughs> like, but I mean, Netflix and companies like that are able to see how long you've been watching something, right? Which they can kind of say, like, okay, a lot of people sort of watch the new season of House of Cards, but no one finished it, so. We're not going to bother making a new season. Like, they can make decisions like that. Yep. How much would it suck if it's like, oh, people only play three hours of a game, so all games are going to be, like, three hours long now? Well, you know, you kind of already get that. They can see, especially if a game has, like, a trophy or achievement that locks at certain progression points through the game, they can see, yeah. oh, well, only 5% of the people who played the game got the second trophy. How much is that going to change just the, the kinds of games that we're not play, but the games that were offered? I don't think it's going to change much at all. You don't think? Because that, that's been available for a decade now, okay. that information. Yeah. And they've been able to see, too, like, play time. Okay. So, like, developers have access to that information. Okay. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. Then, I mean, obviously, yeah, they'll see, like, oh, yeah, there's a real there's a market. People are paying mm-hmm. money for a yeah. quick four- or five-hour RPG changes with, It like, changes with something. With, I think it changes with with uh streaming though because because you're willing to kind of experiment and try things out you're not yeah. putting money down on it you might start a game and play it for five minutes and then never go back to it ever again right. whereas you'll do that if it's on sale but you won't do that for like when uncharted comes out i'm not gonna be like well, let me just try this uncharted game yeah. and like put 40 dollars down on it and maybe play it for five minutes and stop it's just not gonna work that way what i'm excited for is the games the smaller indie games that i won't ever give a chance to because well i'm not gonna pay a little bit of money to take a risk on a game when I have so many other shit that I know is going to be good waiting for me. Yeah. But if I can be like, oh, you know what? I have access to this. I'll try it out for 30 minutes or an hour. Mm -hmm. And they get some revenue based on my curiosity rather than me just looking at it from afar for a while saying, yeah, I'll probably never play that. This only too is that music labels get their money based on how many listens. Right. How are gaming companies going to get that? Are they going to get it based on how much playtime there was? Well, that's or... what that's what this indie one that's jump you... is doing. It's but that doesn't mean it's how it's going to work in the future. Playtime. So I mean, is it going to be that model where it's like, okay, your game was played for this many hours, therefore that's the cut you're going to get, or is it going to be like your game was finished this many times? Or no, it has to be playtime. Yeah, 
I mean, especially if you look at something or like how many times Zelda it started. and you've played it 250,000 hours. Oh, that's so good. That's going to get them a lot more money than if somebody been, beat it in 45 minutes and never came back to it. I've been trying to tell myself to stop playing it, and I just can't. I think I'm just going to break your Switch. Don't do that. I'd and then I'm going to so also devastated. buy every other Switch in the world so you can't get another one. <laughs> and I'm going to burn the factories to the ground. Wow. And then you'll go to jail, and then I can just grab a Switch. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to do that. a lot of credit card fraud to buy all those Switches. So yep. I'm going to go to jail for something. You go to jail for burning the factory, probably as well. No, no, no. Anyway, no, 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 no. this is I'm on topic, so let's keep going. <laughs> so that was an interesting conversation. Do you have anything one, else to add? Yeah, to one more that? thing I wanted to add. We we're talking about. I just this just hit me as well. I was talking about physical download and streaming. Why would you really have download if you can? Like, I guess download will change a little bit. Where you hit download and you can just start playing at that instant while it's downloading in the right. background. That'd be awesome. I'm so on board for that. That's what was kind of promised the PS4 and never really actually well, happened. They promised like you could download the single player first. So it's less but time they, to download. They made it seem like, oh, and then you can start playing your game after this seven gigabyte portion <laughs> of it downloads. Right. And our servers are slow as shit, so seven gigabytes is going to take oh, two Oh, and you wanted to go back to that save file? Yeah, but that's past the download point. So <laughs> you just have to wait for the full 50 gig download. Sorry. Yeah. Fuck yourself. That's what they'll say. Yep, they'll say fuck yourself. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Um, no. Cool. I think I got it. Thanks for joining us on that little conversation there, guys. Uh, we have one interrogative, one subscriber interrogative. One subscriber interrogative. You can submit a subscriber on our interrogative by going to our Facebook group or tweeting at us at splitscreengp or by emailing us at splitscreengamingpodcast at gmail.com. Holden, hit me with that interrogative. That interrogative is what major games do you love that don't hold up well? Oh, shit. I read this earlier today and forgot to come up with a game. You go first while I think. <laughs> was hoping you would go first. <laughs> oh, you fucking monster. Um, so, no, I guess that one of the top of my head. But they don't hold up. Yeah. Well. I guess Diddy I win- Kong Racing. Oh, okay. Fucking Diddy Kong Racing was my jam back on Nintendo 64. Mine's actually a 64 game as well. That's too funny. Uh, that I, whole- we, we talked about uh, when we were talking about N64 Classic. That whole era doesn't hold up looks well. like trash nowadays and controls really awfully. Yeah. But... Diddy Kong Racing was so fucking good, and I played it a lot more than even Mario Kart on N64, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to get the DS version, but I never had a DS before now. Um, but I've heard that they kind of trash it on the Nintendo DS in the Diddy Kong Racing version of there. But, yeah, I, I played it recently on an N64 at a friend's place, and it is straight-up garbage. <laughs> like... I guess this is a little like I love it. Not that it doesn't hold up, but that it just wasn't good to begin with. Maybe or maybe I'm remembering it differently. But I played it and it it was not good. This is the tough thing about video games. Where like old movies can still be good Mm because they're still like good story, but like games can be shit and can even though they were really good back then. Yeah, it's like mine's uh, Goldeneye. You oh, play yeah. GoldenEye in X64 at the time. I was like, that was the best thing ever. You go to play it now, and it's like, oh yeah. So I can only really shoot side to side, and if I want it shoot like up and i want to look up i have to like hit a button and then move the joystick c buttons or something like that yeah no you had to like hold uh it's actually it's funny it works a lot like he does metroid prime but metroid prime did it better for some reason um is you have to like hold a button that means makes you stationary and then you can move your gun in any direction you want to whoa it's like this is the game that like set the console like first person shooter standard at the time before halo came out yeah and it doesn't hold up well at all Uh, did you ever play perfect dark no, I think it was the same thing, though. Perfect Dark. Well, it was a lot of the same people, and they literally like just remade all the GoldenEye levels and called them something different for the multiplayer stuff. That's funny. Um, and they just reskinned them. But it it basically is GoldenEye, but they made everything work better. Like It's better controls. Like mm-hmm. They just optimized it and, and improved yeah. upon it. My second one. But it's great. 
is uh, Super Smash Bros. The original. I don't oh, think that holds yeah. up very well because if you at the time I had fun playing that. It was never like a like I never played it as much as like Zelda or anything like that at the time. But you go to your friend's house, you have a great time with it. And then I went to a Switch, uh, not a Switch party, a Smash party with someone. And there was like every version of Smash that they were playing. And I played the original. And I'm like, this is so slow. Yeah. It just doesn't. There's only 12 characters in the whole game. It doesn't hold up. Yep. Like, why would you? I guess not holding up is getting kind of harsh. But like, why would I play that one over playing Melee or any of the other ones after that? There's now a definitive version of this later, or exactly, exactly, like Shadow of the Colossus is coming out. I'm so fucking pumped for that thing. But will that invalidate? No, the one, yeah. I think it's different for video games than it is for movies. Like movies, people remake a movie. You're like, God, like, why did you fucking mess with the original? Because you had mentioned like an old movie can still hold up and be be good to the environment. But games are like controls have gotten so much better we understand so much more about how to play a game and what works well and then visually it gets a huge upgrade like yeah yeah that can absolutely be the definitive way to play this game without totally. taking away there, from the original i think there are exceptions for people where it's like oh they remade what was it um what was the game it got remade and i was reading online someone's complaining that like it didn't have the same feel or something like that and i'm like that's just nostalgia dude yeah it's definitely a better version of this game i can't remember what it was though i wish i could remember also you always remember games better than they actually were oh yeah because you so remember sure your experience. Like, oh yeah it didn't feel as good and then if you go back and play that originally you're like oh yeah this was trash mm-hmm. well i think what was it um i was reading something about the crash bandicoot remake yeah and they were saying how the game is so much harder now than it used to be and part of the reason for that is the character model and his hitbox or like where he's standing used to just be a like a prism around him right so like where his arm his shoulders were wider than his than his where his legs were so his legs would have the range of his shoulders <laughs> because of that prism but with the new models it's true to his form yeah so if you're going to land on a platform and you just barely miss it you wouldn't have missed it in crash bandicoot the ps1 but you would on the new version interesting so it's kind of that's that is one thing that like yeah the feel of the game still might change but technically it's a better game because that polygon box shouldn't have been there yeah and been that shitty you know what i mean like i don't know someone will argue with me on that i'm sure but from a tentacle standpoint it is better from a tentacle standpoint tentacle standpoint whereas willy wonk and the chocolate factory will always be better than Charlie the chocolate factory absolutely who argues that oh, fuck you there hey, are do people... you argue that i'm gonna give you three uh, three seconds like to answer ju- one just... two fuck you eric <laughs> 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 the um what was it? Someone I got into like I got like a not an argument, but I'm like, really, you really think that Johnny Depp is a better Willy Wonka than Gene Wilder? What's oh, wrong man. with you? I just like Johnny Depp. Like, come with me on a something of pure imagination. Come with me, and you'll see on a world of okay that one. Yep. Okay. Yep. Hey y'all. So good. Thanks for listening this week. We love you. Uh, go watch some Game of Thrones. If you're like Holden and you don't like Game of Thrones, I guess I don't care about you. You can stop listening to this podcast um, <laughs> and unlike us on Facebook. I gave it a chance. I watched a season and a half. I watched a season, a whole season and a half. I saw Boromir's head get cut off. You're an idiot. I love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>